Hello, everybody, and welcome back to DeathsWarProds.com video games podcast. After two long months, we're free. Because it has been exactly two months. Like, to the day. Which is kind of wild. That the time it worked out like that. As always, I'm dead. Jump today, we have Alex. Hey. And yeah. Cave. It may be wild, but it is completely believable given how things have gone. Yeah, but it's the idea that it was to the day. Because the last episode, episode 188, was posted on November 21st, 2021. And we are recording this January 21st, 2022. I mean, we, took, we, we always take December off. And then uh, you were just like, hey, we're going to record it's, this it's week. This is the to the day. Hey, we're going to record this week. Hey, yeah. we're going to record this week. Yeah, it, it it isn't, hey, we haven't recorded in two months. That is par for the course for us. Or at least it has been for the last couple of years, which I say this every year. We're I want, getting I want to get I want to get consistent. We're getting better. But to the day, that's the kind of wild part for me. Ah, but anyway, yes, the holiday seasons are over. We are back into the regular depression. Yay. And in that time, we have played some video games. We have two months worth of video games, but we're probably not going to either talk about them all at this one point, or Alex only played one Japanese game that took 300 hours to finish. Well, you say that. And based on the text conversations we had setting this recording uh, part up, Alex. Yeah, it's technically true. But then I remembered I'd actually, I actually did play something else. It just, you know, wasn't new. <laughs> uh, so I guess let's get into that then. Alex, our Japanese okay. import guy. <laughs> I told you I didn't have to import this game because they released it on Steam for the first time ever. An official <laughs> Super Robot Wars got a U.S. release officially. I didn't have to import it from either Japan or Central Asia. Huzzah. Yeah, well, apparently it sold really well, so we might be getting more. Nice. Yeah, I've, I've been playing uh, 60 hours at this point. Still not done. <laughs> because, <sighs> because uh, well, for one, it's it's non-linear, and they throw a lot of like, hey, do you want to... You want to kill a bunch of random enemies to grind? And I was like, yes, I do. Well, that's what you got to do in every JRPG. Like, that's like the uh, law. I was like, I have a roster of like f- of 50 characters. I want to level them all evenly. Oh, God. Jesus Christ. Including including the crappy ones that are just there uh, because they're in the series. And I thought it'd be funny to put them in as a joke. Oh. Ugh. Like the one guy's, uh, the the lead of Mazinger's uh, brother, who has a, a crappy thing that's that's terrible. But if you get fifty kills with him, it unlocks a special stage where its stats get slightly improved. <laughs> Woo! This thing goes from garbage to being slightly less garbage. Now, do you want to play? Yeah. You you could also stick him in something else if you want, but I don't do that because I I don't change the rock. So the the game allows you to like change things up so that characters can pilot things and th- that they would never ever touch in their series, but I don't do that because it just seems wrong. 
Also, I respect the sanctity of canon. Also, they they're usually not very good in them, and most of the uh, most of the strong ones you can't switch because you know plot reasons. Do they get like bonuses if they're in their own unit? Uh, sometimes there are like ultimate attacks that only the cannon pilot can use. Okay. So. Yeah. So also, they also just generally have better stats. For anyone who doesn't know what Super Robot Wars is, it's a big anime crossover game with like robot animes. Okay. Like Puntham and Mazinger and whatever else they happen to be selling model kits of this time of year. <laughs> that is so like accurately jaded. Yeah. That's what it that's what it that's what it is. It's it's like it's like why is this random show from the eighties that nobody has cared about in years? Oh, because su- such and such a company is releasing a model kit of it. How could a motorcycle beat Serpentera? Uh, <laughs> it's like, well, why? Why is this one mi- minor character have have uh, her crappy little centaur mecha thing on the roster when most of the actual cool characters from the series were cut? Oh, because they made a model kit of it. We have continuing the stalwart and time honored Japanese tradition. Well, tradition period of marketing. I mean, that's, ba- that's basically why robot shows exist at this point. Yeah. And there's also SSSS Grid Man. really sad because I love robot shows. Reason. I love giant robot shows, so that makes me really sad. That's true. I mean, the merch is pretty cool. So this entire conversation, the my main takeaway from it is if they were to put out a model kit, we could get back Mega's XLR. No it depends. Chance. Do you dig giant robots? It depends. They also have to license it, and there are some companies that just will not like license anything to Bandai Namco under any circumstances whatsoever. I don't. I don't mean get Mega XLR into Super Robot Wars. I mean just get Mega Mega XLR back. Period. Yes, if they made a Mega XLR model kit, it is possible they would uh, maybe get the show out of licensing hell. But you know, somebody well. has to. You guys heard. Uh, you guys heard first. Go to a Kickstarter and someone start a Mega XLR <laughs> model kit Kickstarter. Like uh, we're not going to do it because we don't have the resources, experience, or skills. But there's got to be some guy who kickstarts model kits. Do it. No, like what? What it'll be is it'll be someone with about as much skill as us putting forth a Kickstarter to. Get the money to fund looking into getting the rights to make a Mega XLR model. <laughs> and then from there, he'll start his second Kickstarter to find people to be able to pay to make the model. It'll take seven years. They will find three people who will all quit the project and it will die in fucking development hell. I mean, it probably or... wouldn't be too hard to make a Mega XLR model. It's basically just a giant blocky thing with a little car on top. Yeah, actually, and and some like paint decals. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's like all of those random pop out weapons and stuff, but that you can't build that into the model. Yeah, no, because they don't they don't make sense. Yeah, you can't you can't have physics defying. Uh... It's why there's never it's why there's never been a get a robo uh, model or toy that like actually has the three pieces combined because it involves like you know shape shifting animation techniques that just 
will not work in reality. Yeah, it's also why we have like, never gotten a form a firm layout on the inside of like Cube's dashboard because all it is is the layout is there's a steering wheel, and then whatever buttons they need for that bit. Yeah, that bit are there, and sometimes the buttons change. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes they have entirely different controller setups. <laughs> God, I love Megas XLR. Oh, so good. I feel like we talk about it every time we get together, almost. <laughs> well, we don't talk about it when we're playing D&D. Be, uh, be yeah. sure to check out uh, Die, guys. Yeah, yeah whenever, whenever, whenever robots again. are involved. Yeah, whenever we talk about robots, it, 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 it invariably drifts back into Megas XLR. Well, chicks dig giant robots. What can you say? <laughs> so, speak, yeah, in fact, speaking of model kits, I think one company released like everything they were going to release this year, like in a press conference, like two weeks ago, and everyone's like, "Well, we know what's going to be in the next the next Super Robot Wars." <laughs> <laughs> Although one one of them was the power loader from Aliens and Kane from RoboCop Two. And the, the director of Super Robot Wars went on Twitter and be like, okay, we're not putting aliens in the game before you ask. Yeah, that good. That would be weird. Also, they're, neither they're like of those things are... Also, oh my god. Liked, likeness would, alone would cost more than we could afford to make in the game. I would actually love to see the power loader just standing next to a Gundam. Yeah, because like that's the thing. Like, just because of the size difference. Yeah, like the power loader and, and the guy from RoboCop 2... Neither of them are anywhere near the scale. Well, and then put usually... Godzilla in there, to, like right next to them, <laughs> Mecha Godzilla. That would the, be hilarious. The sprites in the game aren't usually to scale, although they have gotten better at like having t- tinier things look tiny compared to like the bigger things. Like some of the big super robots that are like, I think, three hundred meters tall in universe, like almost completely fill the screen. While, like, the little guys that are just in powered suits are very tiny in comparison. <sighs> so have you been enjoying Super Robot Wars? On Super? Oh, I have. It's, 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 been the, it's probably been the best Super Robot Wars game I've played in the last decade. I mean, I hope he doesn't enjoy it. He played 60 hours of it. <laughs> I played 60 but I'm still not done. I'm, I'm hoping this is like a Final Fantasy 13 situation where it's like, yeah, it gets good after 75 hours. Oh, it got good. It, it it was it was good from the start. It's just I kept grinding and grinding because a, a lot of stuff. See, the thing is, it's the first game that's bit, that's non-linear, which basically means they throw out a bunch of stages. You can play them in any order. The story won't advance until you play certain stages. Sometimes a stage pops up; they'll make you play it immediately. But some stages won't unlock until characters have like so many kills or you've done so many th- whatever. So. Sometimes I've been like, oh, this character needs 50 kills to unlock a stage, and I have not touched them ever. I guess I'd better grind with them for a while. Uh-huh. Apparently, you don't have to do this. And after a while, if, if, you keep on, if you keep advancing the story, eventually they'll just be like, oh, and this stuff happened off screen. Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, 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 that really, that, that, I, I, it bugs me when games do that. <laughs> like. Ugh, I don't. I don't like well, that. No, it's, I, it's, I, it's, oh. it's it's just it's like it's like if you did if if you deliberately went out of your way to not play this character's introduction stage, and it's been staring at you for twenty hours of game time. Finally, they're gonna be like, okay, well, we need him to advance the story. So since you're not playing the stage here, he just walked up off screen. Like, hey, how you doing? I honestly, I don't hate that, 
given the context of this game. Yeah, it's 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 done for like speedrunners who just want to play only the critical stages and critical don't want to spend stage. like, you know, 10 hours like collecting the entire cast. Does critical stage sound like a Mortal Kombat fight like level to you guys? It sounds like a like mode that you go into when you have like less than 10% health bar in a Japanese fighting game. Yeah, that's that yeah. I mean, I guess I could call it star stages because they have like a little star next to them on the map. Like, hey, this is important. I don't think well, you, I don't, I don't, you, you, you are talking about a Japanese fighting game, so. I mean. I also don't think Cave was saying, it's like, oh, it's like, oh, that sounds like this is the other thing. In to mean, hey, stop calling it that and call it something else. No, that was just my brain, you know, being my brain. Yeah, yeah just association. Making jokes, making content. It also gets really better because uh, one of the optional stages is like one of the bosses of one of the one of the uh, Super Robot Wars games from like I think eight years ago, the one that everyone hated. <laughs> oh, always. So fun. when he shows up, he's like, "Hi, would you like to trade?" He's like, "What do you mean you never wanted to see me again?" <laughs> <laughs> That's actually pretty funny. Hey guys, remember yeah. me? It's your favorite character. I'm such a good character, yeah. Misa back in Robot Wars. <laughs> oh God, I'm gonna throw up. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, he's, he's like, pardon, you never wanted to see me again. I'm hurt. <laughs> and also, you can, you can also, you, I think you can kill him 13 times in order to get all of the rewards out of him. So it's like, you hated this character, you can kill him a over lot, over and over and over. And over. <laughs> <laughs> I need to do that for a final boss in one of my D&D games for you. Because usually you get such venom for them. It's just going to be like, hey, he pings back, but he's at one HP. So you get to kill him again and again like, and again until you're sick of it. I it's, mean, it's like it's like, in, it's like in the Final Fantasy Tactics remake where they added another stage where you fight this one jerk that like everyone hated in the beginning of the game. <laughs> and they also made a bonus stage where you fight 10 clones of him. <laughs> I mean, for a bit of inside baseball, that was kind of like the hate. Yeah. Yeah. Before he got murked. <laughs> yeah. Killed. Before the first confirmed kill of the party. <laughs> for those of you who don't know, um, we were, we've been playing a game for a while, and two of the characters were anti-killing. Like, you only kill... If there's literally no other option, like usually, like accident, usually an accidental kill at most. And Alex over here was like, "Why are we leaving them alive? They keep coming back." Yes. Basically, I was like, "I was like, this guy keeps annoying us and running away. Why don't we kill him?" And they're like, "No, we can't kill him." Yeah, like so Cave's, Cave's character was like. Session, he beat him to death after he yeah, was already I, I, I was I was like I was like we've defeated the hate and now we're gonna arrest him and I was like cool are they looking no okay I kill him while they're not looking I stomp on his throat like Vegeta did to what's his face in his Frieza saga <laughs> <sighs> and, that, and that's gonna be one of those things that we're gonna talk about every so often because that was Sometimes. such that was such that a was, good, was, like that was that a was the highlight moment. of my year. I finally got to kill the hate. <laughs> oh, this is a character. This is a character 
that a running joke started kind of started with him where we attack every single boss monster in the throat the second they start talking yeah they monologue a lot so much oh, i love that game but he's also the enemy like who established our kind of like joke rule of every enemy has to be damaged by food yes yeah usually onions, onions. Because, like, his the first damage in the entire game was hot cheese. Yep. Just a cauldron of fucking steaming Gouda. Splashed on somebody for one point of damage. <laughs> like, okay, he takes one point of cheese damage. <laughs> I've never had to say that before. Oh my god, I need to make a magic item that deals cheese damage. <laughs> Nothing resists cheese. Except the bear totem. <laughs> All forms of damage except psychic. Are you writing this down, Cave? Yes, I am. <laughs> I have made a note. Magic item that deals cheese damage. <laughs> <sighs> oh, I actually have an idea. Oh, my God. Um. Anyway, Super Robot Wars. So, yeah, so another another reason I've been taking so long is because uh, they kept releasing... Well, they released two DLC packs, which for the first time ever had DLC series and characters that weren't in the base game. Ooh. So I'd be, I'd be like, well, a DLC pack's coming out next week. I'll just wait until then and then pick those characters up. Oh, they and, just kept releasing DLC packs? Well, they released two. They released okay. one... They released one a month after it came out. They released another a month after that. There's at least two more coming, but they haven't announced what they are yet. But because because uh, the demo of the game they released a month before the game came out and had the entire game in it, Chinese hackers had already data mined everything, so we know what's in it. Nice. And people were like, "That can't be right." And then the DLC, then the two DLC packs were announced, and they're like, "Oh, it's exactly what they said it was going to be." And then flip the script, fourth DLC pack comes out. None of the things that the Chinese hackers found in it is just it is the power loader from aliens. <laughs> it, is it, it is possible because there was a there were a, there was a lot of empty space for stuff that could potentially be changed. And then the creator's just like, Wait, fuck you. I lied. It's, ah, it was aliens. It was oh, me all along, Austin. <laughs> we decided to blow all of the budget on Sigourney Weaver's likeness after all. <laughs> we have made no profit. No, it's not, yeah, even, it's not even look, Sigourney look Weaver. It's not, it's not even Sigourney Weaver's likeness. It's just, it's it's the axle model from fucking uh, Twisted Metal, but with just a sign on it that just says Sigourney Weaver. <laughs> That's actually a problem they have a lot because they're like, there's a lot of live action shows like Power Rangers and stuff with robots that we'd like to put on there, but we'd have to pay actor licenses and also real life people looking next to anime characters would look kind of weird. Well, with Power Rangers, you can kind of get away with that by just not having them ever be out of suits. Yeah, they said that, but they're like, yes, but why would they constantly stay transformed? Uh, because the magic subway that took them to this dimension caused them to be stuck in their suit. There are yeah. actually, like, if, if you've watched Power Rangers, they have justified actors never taking off their helmets. Yeah. In fact, in fact uh, a, a there were a couple of games that did have stuff from them, but uh, they were, like, only uh, mobile games that had no plot to them. Also, for reference, everyone, the Magic Subway is canon. Yeah. 
That is real. Also it's, not, yep. also, it's not Power Rangers, but Super Sentai since it's in Japan, which is, you know. Yeah, it's different, but, you know. It's different. It's better if you're a weeb. <laughs> and worse if you've never heard of, you know, the fact that it actually originated in Japan. Yeah. Or if you just don't like weeb stuff, then, yeah, it's probably worse. But, you know, I do. I, 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 I couldn't tell. This shocks me for both of you. In fact, speaking of weebs, one of the, the one of the DLC series is Soccer Wars, which if if you haven't heard of that, it was a series uh, on the Sega Saturn and then later Sega Dreamcast, which was basically the first waifu simulator ever. That is a oh. that is a strong title to hold. It's true. It was. It was. I think it was. It was the first game that came out. Where it's like, hey, you play as this guy, and there's four girls, and you can choose your waifu. <sighs> and spend half the game interacting with them, and that's what brought about Persona. And wait, seriously? Other... I mean, You're joking, right? it it didn't it didn't directly bring about Persona itself, but that style of gameplay was absolutely inspired by Sakura Wars. Yeah, like looking at some screenshots. There's of Soccer a version Wars. on the PS4. Yeah, that's the like, newest. I would have expected this to die by now. Well, it uh, so it it died for like 15 years, and then they decided to bring it back with a game on the PS4. Add Sakura Wars swimsuit bundle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's about right. Wow. Yeah, it start it started. Uh, started on, I think 96 on uh, the Sega Saturn and you know they had a they had a commercial where Sega the Sanchiro ran around with one of the voice actresses who was dressed as the character Oh because, cool of course, they did. the lips system Yes the lip system which is Actually I don't know what it is I haven't played any Soccer Wars games because <laughs> none of I think only one of them was well they, they never came out in the US because that was just too Japanesey at the time. Uh-huh. This stuff wasn't cool yet. Yeah. Is so, this a giant mecha game? It is a giant. That's why it's yeah. in Super Robot Wars. <laughs> because it has mecha in it. Yeah. No, it's not a giant mecha game. They just added a dating sim into this giant robot game. I kind of want to play it now. <laughs> I'm I'm kind of starved for giant robot games because okay, I'm well, very very picky. It's, it's worth it's worth noting they're not that giant. They're only in in the in the Soccer Wars series, the robots they pilot are only like a little bigger than a person. So they're really are they customizable at all? As in the giant robots? I don't care about the swimsuit bundle. Uh, everyone is customized for a different character, but you can't yeah. customize them yourselves now. But if you buy the swimsuit bundle, you can't. <laughs> If you buy the swimsuit bundle, you can customize the character. Oh, yeah. Japan. You put a swimsuit in the giant robot. <laughs> just like, this, I mean, I, it's I just like that flash gets bit. Just, I am sexy. I don't, I, don't, I don't believe you can customize the robots. But I've, I, again, I've never actually played any of them because for years they, they weren't translated. Then they released, I think, only but five. But you're our gateway to the East. <laughs> yeah, I know, but you're the bridge between two worlds, Alex. I can't, I can't play visual novels in Japanese. My Japanese is not that good, 
to go through lots and lots of menus of like I can play Super Robot Wars because I figured out the battle commands well enough, and I could just kind of sort of guess the story based on the limited Japanese I have. But if it's like dialogue trees and dialogue trees, and you have to navigate them correctly, I can't do that. Well, who knows? Yeah, maybe li- I'll get super. Maybe I'll get uh, Sakura Wars and uh, so figure it out. And they they released, I think, Soccer Wars 5 was like the first game that ever got released in the U.S. on the PS2. But for whatever reason, it just went right over my head and I never played it. And then I think they did a fan translation of the first game for the Sega Saturn, if you have a Sega Saturn emulator, which I don't. And then the newest game, which came out like a couple of years ago on the PS4, that did get a Western release. But the rest is still in limbo. Yeah. So this is my this this was my first experience for seeing all these characters. And how were they? Pretty cool. I guess. Were they waifu enough? Uh, they so there was, they only picked I think one of the waifus from each game, because well, it's a DLC. So I guess they can they only had so many characters. So they. They had uh, they had they had the main character from the first and fifth game, and then like a couple of the girls they picked from each game, and that was it. Could the sprite they use fit on a body pillow comfortably? <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, they know what's up. Oh god. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, these are the jokes we make. Yeah, they are. Yeah. That's about it. And then the second DLC pack had Gundam Iron Blooded Orphans. Ugh. Because it did. Because it's new ish. Is it's new ish. Uh it's new ish, but they didn't want to put it in the game because one of their mobile games is is doing the plot. So they only made it as DLC. And I'm fine with that because I the the characters and Mecha are cool. It's just the story sucked. So I'm enjoying just smashing things up with them. And them always talking about how their universe sucks. Fair enough. Yeah. Anyway, anything else to playing? So uh, about, that, about that game I played a while ago that uh, that isn't new. Uh, I, I believe I mentioned in the last recording that I... I want to get back into Dragon Age Origins, but it turns out the saves don't save to the Steam Cloud, and I didn't want to start from the beginning again. Yes, we have talked mm-hmm. about that. Okay, so I searched far and wide on the internet, and I found a save file that was almost like the one I had. So mm. I downloaded that, I installed that, and then I just jumped right into the the expansion story using that save. Because... Again, I didn't want. I get. I I left off having just started the Awakening DLC expansion, and I didn't want to spend like twenty five hours playing through the main story again, especially with the exact same character. Just, just so I could get to the same point I was at last time. Because I was like, well, if I want to start another character, I want to play something else. And yeah. I played. I played a, a human noble because that's the only one that can actually affect the story on a meaningful level. As I'm sure Cave can tell you, mm, any of them can affect the. Wait, origins? Origins. Yeah, it's human noble. Human noble. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was in like uh, Inquisition mode. Like, no, 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 Inquis- no, 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 no. Inquisition. Any of them? Because 
Because well, no, uh, dwarf dwarf can affect the story, but then you can't play a mage, which means you don't get to be the most powerful well, character. If, on the table. If, if well, if if you play a dwarf, then there's a personal connection to the dwarf story. And if it can affect dwarf, the story. Uh, yeah, but on, only as far as like uh, the one guy's like, hey, hey, it's my brother who I uh, set up as murdering our other brother. Why yeah, on earth would you possibly want to work for me? Yeah, which is why you don't work for him. You kill him. Or, or, or you can work for the, or you can work for the other guy. Mm-hmm. Which is so. Meanwhile, meanwhile, if you play a com, if you play a dwarf commoner, like you're encouraged to work for that guy because your sister is like with him now, and he's like really polite and nice to you because he wants you to to approve their marriage. <laughs> so it's true. Like this, this one NPC is either the biggest jerk or the nicest guy, depending on if you're playing a dwarf noble he's, or a dwarf commoner. He's always a jackass, but the way he acts to you, yeah, is different. If you're a dwarf, if you play a dwarf commoner, then you're the brother or sister of the woman he wants to get with. So he's very nice to you specifically. Mm-hmm. And if you help him, he's like, ah, oh, he's like, I embrace you as a brother. Come here. I do love a good glory proving, though. That is true. Just talking shit to everybody every time. <laughs> nice. And if you and if you play as an elf, uh, then you get some interesting setup for the next game. But there's really no follow up to that. Yeah, well, no, there is. Other than other other than when you meet the the other elf tribe that has nothing to do with you, they're somewhat nicer to you because you're a fellow elf. Yep. And not a and not a human. Yeah, human nobles the arguably best one. But human nobles are the best one because the climax of the game is you figuring out who will be the ruler of the land. Mm-hmm. And if you're a human noble, you can involve yourself in these proceedings because mm-hmm. you're a noble. Yeah, because Dragon Age. If you're really a female and, and human noble, well, <laughs> yeah. you can become queen. Yeah. Yeah, because you know Dragon Age series. The series of a the series of a world built on racism and sexism because it's old school fantasy. Yep. Oh, not sexism. Ah, there's a, there's a fair amount of sexism. I mean, there is there yeah, is the sexism, way, but there's the way like, Cave said it sounded like if you are a guy, you, if you are a hu- if you are a male human noble, you can rise to the rank of king. If you are a female human noble, you can rise to the rank of being good enough to marry the guy who becomes king. Oh no! Actually, if you're a male human noble, you can only become the prince consort to the other woman who will become queen. Yeah. Oh no! You, you, it's like you, you can't you can't make yourself king as you don't have yeah. the okay. You don't have that. the bloodline. Okay, that's a bit better then. Yeah. At least, well, like, at, at least on like, at least on Alistair either side is of the spectrum, such spe- a puppet yeah. king. Yeah. No matter what, at least on either side of the spectrum, you are marrying into power. Yeah. yeah. So basic, basically, uh, the the ones. The ones that are for queen uh, for uh, royalty are the king, who gets killed horrifically, two hours into the game. Because of course he does naturally. In, fa- in fact, that's like the most. De- that's like the- Dragon Age Origins is one of the most depressing beginnings of the game I've ever seen. Because usually in your origin, something horrible happens and lots of people die, and then you go and meet the king, and he's a pretty nice guy, and you think. Once, once uh, you take care of this little darkspawn invasion, he'll make things better. And then he and everyone there horrifically dies. <laughs> Let, let's see, uh, dwarf noble, uh, you get accused of, I think, killing your brother and yes. banished to the deep roads. 
Yes. Dwarf commoner. Don't you get like stripped of your clan title and banished to the deep roads? Uh, well, if you're a dwarf commoner, you're not in a clan to begin with. So that's right. Because you because you did some job pretending to be a warrior in the provings. Uh, they're going to execute you. But then, yeah, Duncan, the Gray Warden, who is in every origin, uh, he he tells them that he's he's recruiting you into the Gray Wardens. Wild like elf forever. Wild Elf, your best friend gets corrupted by Darkspawn power, and you have to eventually kill them. Yes. Um, Town Elf, your girlfriend or cousin gets raped by a human. Porcano yes. Lodos. And human, uh, your family gets murdered, and you get yeah. banished to the wilds. Yeah, if, you, if you're a human noble, your entire family gets murdered by Tim Curry. I'm trying to think of whether or not really, that would be acceptable or not. <laughs> no, no, yeah, no. It's just, it's just, it's like, it's like, it's your father's old friend who's come to visit the estate, and he opens his mouth, and it's Tim Curry, and I'm like, right, you're evil. Yeah. Tim Curry. Oh no. Toxic love. <laughs> yeah, no. Like there is no good opening in Origins. <laughs> All of them I, suck for you. I think. I think. I think the best one is maybe the mage. Yeah, mage. Mage has its own background, which is so. so if you're a mage, actually, it's pretty shitty too, because you either betray your friend and like get them killed, or you don't betray your friend and they still die. No, it's not that. It's uh, it's uh, you. So they they think that your friend is like a, a practicing blood mage, which he is. And you can either betray, and you can either betray him. In which case he runs off, or you can protect him. But it turns out he really was a blood mage. So, but I mean, assuming assuming you assuming you play the mage origin as someone who never liked that guy to begin with, which is possible, then it's perfectly fine. You're like, hey, this guy that we didn't like is now a wanted criminal, and I get to be a gray warden. Cool. I did not know Tim Curry was still alive and kicking. He is. Yeah, I just looked it up. Good for him. Unlike Meatloaf. Yeah, Meatloaf passed. Meatloaf Meatloaf passed, but I was like, I thought Meatloaf died years ago, so I wasn't too <laughs> Yeah, kinda I same. Thought he died in Blood Rain. But I but you know who also died? <laughs> Louie Anderson, and that and that really makes me sad because I met Louie Anderson a couple years ago and he was really nice. Oh, cool. <laughs> I love the delay on realizing what I just said there. Yeah, it took me a second. I'm just trying to remember. Was he the one that had like the fucking like pressurized hose a foot away from his chest that exploded? No, he was the one in an orgy bed who had the windows opened on him. Right. Man, Blood Rain. I have watched. I can officially say I have watched that movie too many times. I was gonna be like, wait, are you talking about the Blood Rain the movie? Yep. Uwe Boll's Blood Rain. Why, why would you watch that? Well, once because I like bad movies, once because it was for a review, and then once because a friend of mine demanded we watch it on their birthday. And I didn't enjoy it any of the times. Yeah, as you shouldn't. It's a bad movie. Yeah. It's a bad movie that, like, how the fuck did they rope in Ben Kingsley into that? Alcohol. Apparently, apparently he'll do anything. If enough. Apparently, Uwe Ball gets gets all of these like. Yeah, Uwe Ball apparently actors. has pull. Apparently, right. he just throws stupid amounts of money at them. So back like, on topic, okay. or challenges them to bo- or challenges them to boxing matches. Then if he wins, 
So where are you in uh, Origins? Well, as I as I said, I didn't actually restart Origins. I found the save file, so I just jumped right to Awakening with the hu- with the human uh, noble because I didn't want to play a human noble again. You know that you can just start Awakening, like yeah, but I did, yeah, but I didn't want to do that. I wanted to. Okay. I the because uh, if you if you start Awakening, then you play as like this random Orlesian guy that nobody likes. Yeah, that's true. And not the uh, the hero of Ferelden. Yeah. Where everyone is like, it's the hero of Ferelden. Hey, that's my buddy, the hero of Ferelden. <gasps> is that my friend, the hero of Ferelden? Yeah. <laughs> he has a name, you know. Yeah, but it wasn't coded into the game for us to be able to <laughs> ever speak it. That's actually a line in Dragon Age 2 where the guy's like, we need to, we should go, like, we better return to Denderim. I'm sure the hero of Ferelden is back by now. It's like, you know, he has a name. Yeah. Dragon Age 2 sucked. It does. I bought that on uh, the Steam sale because it was only four bucks, but I don't think I'm ever going to play it. And I'm like, I why did I buy it. this? I beat it several times through because that's how I play RPGs. It might, <laughs> it might be passable now that there's. A, I know there's another game coming up after it. I think uh, the worst thing with Dragon Age Two is I played it and I was like, that's it. Yeah, it it ends on that's like all a there is. cliffhanger, which is really irritating. Yeah, that's frustrating. Yes. But I didn't like what they did to the combat system. Uh, and Yeah, like, I was playing for all Origins. All of the and character like... models were a bit warped, and most of the characters turned a bit one note after uh, far enough into their uh, friendship trees. Yeah. I do I do like the playing Hawk as a rude jackass, though. I tend to play him as a snarky jackass. Yeah, well, that, well, that's what I mean. the the uh, the funny the funny uh, dialogue tree. Yeah, making jokes at everything. Yeah. I think everything. he prefers the term <laughs> "puckish rogue." <laughs> Feeling a bit puckish today. I do not know why, but that is the line that has stuck with me the longest throughout every Saints Row game. Just, I love playing that version of the boss. Mm-hmm. Like that, like, like that, or make the most butch guy possible, and then give him the f- femist voice possible. <laughs> anyway, anyway, uh, so so the punchline of the story is: I was playing Dragon Age Awakening, getting pr- pretty well into the story, and at some point, I was like, you know, it's weird. This character never seems to take any damage. Like, like I'd be hit with attacks that would wipe out that would wipe out the entire party, but like the main character would always just take like barely a dent, and I was like, "Wow, I guess this armor is really strong." And then, (laughs) like, I think I was half I was think I was halfway through it when I looked at his stats, and I was like, "Oh, he has he has fifteen hundred HP. Everyone else has two hundred HP." The character had the character was a hacked character (laughs) with ridiculously high stats for everything. Nice. And I didn't, and I didn't notice until like five hours playing it. Yeah, fun story. You can actually build a practically indestructible character in Dragon Age Origins. Um, it requires uh, going um, arcane blade and getting like two or three powers plus one of the higher tier armors, and then nothing will be able to touch you. Literally, 
Hi everyone, yeah, welcome to right. welcome to Classical Munchkin. <laughs> that's hey, I haven't decided yeah, if I'm going to do that show yet. <laughs> that's, that's how I, that's how I played the uh, the first the the very first Dragon Age Origins I played like ten years ago. That's how that was my build, just the Arcane Warrior. That uh, he he couldn't do he couldn't do anything because like all of his power and mana was focused on just keeping his defense maxed out. So oh, then you weren't playing do, him well. <laughs> so all he really did was do chip damage, like with his melee weapon. But you know, nobody was hurting him. He could win every fight. You just got to lay it out like it's cross Tekken. It was, it was mostly the party members doing the damage while he just stood there, like drawing aggro. I actually played mine as a healer who would just go up to every party member after they died and res them, like. Heal and then walk over to the next guy. Heal. I also I also played him as a blood mage because I was like, well, since the HP is so high, I might as well sacrifice that for spell power. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think I played you got infinite HP. Why I think, not? I think I played ten minutes of Origins and then died in the first combat encounter and uninstalled it. Man, you guys make me want to play Origins again. <laughs> really, that sure. story made you want to play Origins again. No, 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 you guys, like, Origins was the most broken one, and I do enjoy a good or a good uh, broken game from time to time. <sighs> so, yeah, so, but, but no, it, it, he was, he was hacked because, like, his, his HP was higher than it should have been, and I was like, he's not taking any damage, not, his stamina bar doesn't really seem to be going down. When, when I cast that warrior ability that drains your entire stamina bar for, like, approximate mm-hmm. damage it like did it broke the damage cap <laughs> nice so so i was like yeah this is a hacked character but i'm like but i'm already halfway through it i might as well i might as well just finish it in god well. mode pretty much yeah I'm, I'm like i might as well just finish it and then just start a new game now that i now now that i got my uh my human noble story finished i might as well just finish that and then uh, uh for some reason in my head someone else for some reason in my head, I just I just played out a scenario in my head of like you boot up the game with this save file, your character's twenty-five feet tall, all of his stats are nine billion, and he's like, Huh, oh, must be good armor. <laughs> and then plays through and then I can't believe you didn't check his stats at any point. And then like and like you're playing through the game normal, and then the second you accidentally clip through a wall because no clip is turned on, you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> I think this is a hack. Checked his stats. I just I didn't realize they were that unusually high. I guess I because I hadn't played in, in a while, so I forgot what the the actual stats you, you, were. It wasn't until I you like, were looking at JRPG stats for too long. Yeah, it, <laughs> it, 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 it wasn't until I was like clicking clicking uh, like through all of the characters at once, and I was like, wait, his stats are stupidly high, more than everyone else's. That should he can't be that powerful. Oh wait a minute, he's hacked. Son of a bitch. I thought I thought it was just the Edge Lord armor I put on him. <laughs> I mean, this armor's really good, guys. Look, it's heavy armor. It adds eight thousand to my HP. Wait a minute. Yeah, it's like nah. I uh, it also meant that it also meant because he was so broken that I didn't have to worry about party balance. So I was just like, I'll just use whoever I feel like. <laughs> you worry about party balance. <laughs> Uh, <sighs> yeah, I'm always like, I need my my warrior, my rogue, my healer, and my attack mage. Ha! 
You don't need that. If you're playing it right, you can go into battle with three mages and a rogue, and the rogue's only there to open locks. <laughs> but I need that one, I need that one character to look cool in armor. You go into it right, you go in there with no characters because you hacked your own. Because <laughs> because because in Origins, unless you're playing with like the advanced mods that people came up with years after the game came out, the only equipment that looks somewhat good is like the heavy armor. Right. Yeah, and, that's one hundred percent true. Right. Advanced mods. We know what that means. What does that mean? Dicks out. You hacked the game. Oh, that was. Oh, okay. Okay. No, no. There, there are people that mod it so that like there's textures from like later games and like armor from later game when like they actually put a little effort into. Yeah, and they use designing. that new skin texture to give your guy a massive fucking dong. I don't think that's how. It and works. then all the enemies become My Little Pony, and they all sound like Randy Savage. Actually, well, now we've learned one. how dead plays Skyrim. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I don't. I play up till one level below the level cap and then turn the game off. Because I gave up and got bored. That's actually how I played Skyrim. Like, I got vanilla Skyrim on the 360. Played it until level 49 of 50. Hadn't finished the game yet. I only had, like, the last quest to do when I was one level below the max cap. And I was like, yeah, I'm done with this. Turned it off. Took the disc out. Sold it in an Iceman video games. Skyrim doesn't have a level cap. It did originally. It did in vanilla. Then, then they changed it so you could, so you could like. Uh, this was this was original Skyrim that came out like in yeah. fucking like the first Skyrim to come out. I mean, okay, okay, yes, it technically did, but yeah, no, I suppose, yeah. I I, I think uh, I think after a while they because I played my I played my copy of Skyrim until the disc stopped working and I couldn't sell it back because the disc <laughs> was broken. Yeah, <laughs> that's how much I played Skyrim. I played Skyrim for a while, but I don't think I ever finished any of it. I just kept going around in circles indefinitely. Yeah, I'm not. My a- mom got me got it for me on day of release because day of release was a few days before my birthday, and I played it to death. It's the only game I've ever destroyed by playing. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of like the Bethesda style of RPG. I love the Bethesda style of RPG. Just it's so I'm going to sound like a baby saying this, but it's so open I get lost in what I'm supposed to be doing. Uh, That's the best part for some people. I love I love the wandering. I, I love yeah, the some, idea of some, pe- some people don't like it when games give you something you're supposed to be doing. They're like, I just want to I just want to like turn it on and run around for an hour killing things and amusing myself. Yeah, I actually like the thing I dislike most about modern RPGs is the fact that a lot of them are like, and now the enemies scale with you. Because I like the idea of, yeah, I've been efficiently going through and doing every side quest so that when I go on the main story, I am a god of destruction. Yeah. yeah, I think I think a lot of I think a lot of players don't like that. That's probably why I'm like, I want to be challenged. I'm fine with that. It's just I need to know what the main story is. And Bethesda's response is whatever you want it to be. Yeah, and I'm like, fuck you. No, it isn't. You wrote a story. Tell me it. <laughs> like 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 so many games that I like like the Bethesda games that I've played, I play I tried playing Fallout 3 and I tried playing Skyrim. And both of them, I ran into the same issue where it didn't, it didn't clearly delineate what were side quests, what was main quest. So I would mm-hmm. like, so I'd like be fucking around with sky, side quest for a bit, and then go, I want to go back to the main quest. What is it? 
and then I just can't figure out what it is, and I can't get back onto it, and so then it's just a fucking meandering around the goddamn landscape, occasionally bumping into things I can deal with, more often than not bumping into things I can't deal with, and then I die, and the game gets boring. So, Alex, uh, are you planning a new playthrough of Origins, or are you done with it now? Sure. I might. <laughs> or will you be making your own hacked character? No, I don't know how to do that. Oh, uh, they got trainers you can download. Like, I barely... Like, I I think uh, I downloaded one mod to fix a couple bugs with one of the swords, and that was about it. That was the that was the the limit of my modding. Hey, we're not asking you to hex edit your save file. <laughs> was man. was cop was copy copy uh, pasting one file into like the the one folder so that the one sword would look properly. Yeah, we're not we're not asking you to fucking edit the config dot any. Uh, the number of times I've had to do that to fix a game because <laughs> I'm a big fan of Bethesda RPGs, which means I play a lot of broken games. Yeah. <laughs> So, you gotta go into into your save file sometimes and edit things so that you're no longer holding that item that, you know, wants to destroy your save file. Yeah, I, well, I'm, I might uh, I might start a new game, but I'm just not sure what I'm gonna play yet. Well, alrighty then. Anything else you want to talk about with that? Or are you done? That was my story. No, that's about it. Alrighty I've then. Been, I've been talking for 40 minutes at this point, so. Alrighty, well, speaking of broken shit, uh, over the holiday break, I broke my computer. Yeah, that That's was right. a scary time. Yeah. We were worried we'd lost recordings. Yeah, so. I'm going to tell this whole story because fuck it, why not? It's my podcast. So I have a pre-built system. Got it from CyberPower. I love it. It is a solidly built little fucking tank of a thingy. It has feet prints on the tempered side glass. Because it's down by my feet. But it's a solid system. The only issue was when I got it, it only came with the NVMe SSD, which was the boot drive, and nothing else. And if you are doing any recording stuff, then something you should keep in mind is having multiple hard drives is vital. Because trying to write a video file onto a drive that is currently reading the game data will buttfuck your recording. Knowing this, I bought a 256-gigabyte SSD, and then I had a 1-terabyte mechanical hard drive that I've had for a couple computers. Slap those babies in. It, they worked fucking great. The computers are going like that for a while. Video games are getting so fucking big that a lot of like new releases are like, all right, yeah, so we're going to need... Uh, right, so, yeah, it's a pretty relatively, you know, simple requirements. You know, you just need, like, this couple generation of Go processor, this couple generation of graphics card, 200 gigabytes of storage. Fucking Halo. I'd fucking... Fucking most... Fucking a lot of games. Like, every goddamn Rockstar Vermintide. game. Yeah, Vermintide 2. Uh, fucking... Horizon. That one came out on PC, and it was 150 gig install. Borderlands 3. And I was like, okay, I need more storage. So I got a one terabyte NVMe SSD for Christmas. My, my motherboard for, the, for that computer, which I will not say the brand name of, because they also made the board that replaced that board, and this that one's working fine. 
I don't want to burn any bridges yet. But puts down torch. But yeah, so I. So it had it had a, so the motherboard had a second NVMe slot. So it's like okay, sick. Got the got the hard drive. Got a magnetic screwdriver set specifically for this task. I was like, all right, let's get to it. The NVMe slot was situated in between the uh, CPU heatsink and the graphics card. So it was a bit tricky to get in. What I had to do was, so I had to, as a lot of people who make computers do, had to unseat my graphics card in order to get to the slot and put everything back in. So I did that. Got, pulled a graphics card, slapped that bitch in there, got it seated perfectly, got it screwed in on the stand-in, put the graphics card back in, go to boot the computer, gets to the splash screen of my motherboard, and then stops. Can't get into BIOS, doesn't start loading Windows, it just stops. So I'm like, oh, okay. Ah! This is bad. This is awful. So I start crying. Not not, not an exaggeration for comedy. I legit start crying. And taking my... Uh. And taking my computer to my local computer repair clinic. They have done great work in the past. Go in there. Bring the, bring in the motherboard. Sorry, bring in the computer. And they take a look at it. The guy's like, oh, yeah, it looks like it's a common problem. We should just be able to fix it with a BIOS reset. So I was like, okay, cool. How long will that take? I was like, yeah, about an hour. I was like, oh, sick. So an hour without my computer. Three hours later. <laughs> hour without my computer will cost me 70 bucks for half hour service. I was like, ah, okay, sick. Get a call an hour later. Hey, yeah, so uh, the BIOS won't reset. And the motherboard's now bricked. So, yeah. I'll see what I can do. Three days go by. Get the call. Hey, yeah, so. And on our, our end, we've received several texts like, uh... Yeah, I've been texting them updates. Shorthand, but uh, is what he basically said to us. Yeah, so I got a text. So I got a text from them. So I got a call from them. I was like, yeah, so here's the thing. We can't recover your motherboard at all. It's just dead. We will need to replace the entire motherboard. I will look up some options, and I will... Get back to you when I found a but when I found a board I can order, and he called me that and, and he got me the call back for the board on December twenty third, right on Christmas weekend. So you know, just to slow down did the shipping process. We ended up missing a session. Uh yes, we did. Yeah, we we ended up missing a ses- session of D anD D, which you know, that's my drug. So when I don't get it, I, I can get a little crazy sometimes. Yeah, and so he found the motherboard. It cost about $200. Based on my own research, that seemed about right. For the motherboard with the things I needed. And it was like, all right, yeah, cool. So we'll get that all we'll get that all ordered. Gets it ordered. Um and then I then I wait like a week and there's nothing. So I call back in, it's like, hey, uh, just checking out on my computer. And the guy's like, oh, yeah, just about ready to go. I just need your password so I can get in and like install drivers and stuff. 
at that point, I almost shit myself as just all the tension in my body that I've held in there for a week and a half just unstresses. <laughs> because it was legitimately like I was getting back pain because I was so tense. Like, that's the thing. That's the thing people need to understand with this whole story. If I don't have my computer, I may as well be actually dead. It is what I do. It is what I do all my business through. It is what I do all my entertainment through. It's the reason and place I have all my friends. And so a week without it's, it. It's, it's, it's like... Uh... It's like that episode of South Park where, like, they break Cartman's computer and he's like, he acts like he's dead. Because he's like, it's my life, guys. Yeah, kind of. This is. If I do not have a computer, I don't know how long I'll last. But yeah, so. Got the computer back. Everything, everything worked out. Ended up costing four hundred fucking dollars. <laughs> so, installing a one hundred and twenty-five dollar hard drive cost me four hundred dollars in a week and a half. <laughs> and the lesson I took away from all this is I will never try to install anything into a computer ever again. <laughs> yeah. That's the way to be. This has been the second catastrophic hardware failure that I've caused by trying to do a simple part swap. The first one, for those who don't know, uh, I burnt out my power supply, bent all the pins on my CPU, fused my heatsink to my CPU, and wiped my hard drive. Wow. Because I plugged a case fan into a header on the motherboard and into a Molex connector on the power supply. I did that and fried my system. Alex, do you know what either of those words mean? No. Okay. Just making sure I wasn't alone. But I'm familiar with this scenario because I also destroyed my computer. Yeah. I did that and have been in debt ever since. But by the way, going going back to that brief uh, adventure, I still don't have that laptop back yet. <laughs> oh, wow. the guy the other day, and he's like, "Yeah, I, he's he's like uh, the last update was he fixed what he thought was the problem, and it still wouldn't turn on." Tight. So he's looking for more problems. Yeah. So Great. anyway, that, I got my computer back. Wonderful. I got the new uh I got the new SSD installed. It's working great. So I now have one terabyte worth of game storage. Which means I now have enough space to install Vermintide and the entirety of the Halo Master Chief collection and still have room for like seven more games. Which is great for me. <sighs> it has led to some weird issues with my inter my audio interface, but that is a story for another time. Because getting my computer back, I got into a game that I had been getting into for a while. A game that I was actually supplied by the PR people. A game called Scarf. Played about 20 minutes of it. Then uninstalled it. Because fuck me, I did not like this. 
So the reason I actually reached out to the people trying to get a copy of Scarf is the majority of games that I can actually get a hold of are indie games for like review purposes, which naturally I am. We are like decimal prods is not important. No one knows who the fuck we are. Why the shit would Square Enix or some other fucking company send me a goddamn copy of one of their games, especially when the last time they sent me one of the copy of their games, I gave it a not great review. But I've had more luck doing indie stuff because, you know, indie devs just want people to play their games. And the more word out there about it, the more likely it is someone will play their games. And this one specifically, when I saw the like the art for it, it looked like what if someone played uh, Journey, the PS3 game? What if someone played Journey and then thought, this is cool, but what if it was more of a video game? <laughs> Feels like a slight insult to Journey. It is because the character yeah, deserve it. Because <laughs> like the main character is like in the art in the artwork, he is like this like he is this boy made entirely out of white light with a massive flowing red scarf behind him. Animu. Well, that's the thing. You get into the game, he looks even more fucking Animu. Because in the art, his hair is just like a. Uh, floppy mop whatever it's just nothing you can't really tell any detail of it because it's all just fucking white light mm-hmm. but then you get to the game and it is the most anime looking shit I've ever goddamn seen <laughs> and he only really emotes from his eyes because a scarf is covering the rest of his face and so when he needs to emote his eyes get even more anime Nandeska? Nani? yeah and he is the most like it is a, it's, so the game is a platformer and this character, despite being the tiniest boy, is the heaviest fucking platformer character I've ever fucking controlled. It just feels like moving a goddamn, like, it, it almost feels like monkey ball minus momentum. It's just this fucking mass of nothing that you're just trundling around through the space. None of it feels fluid. None of it feels fun or good to control. His jump fucking sucks dick. When you get the double jump, that sucks even worse. And what's really bizarre with it is it is not a graphically intensive game. Like the background is like the far off distance is literally just like a white to red gradient. Like the one I use for like the cursed destiny thumbnail. Mm-hmm. And all the models are like super nondescript and not really detailed. It's a, it's like a very cartoony style to it, but the game still ran like piss. And what's even more surprising is the game ran worse when it was doing the non-rendered 2D art cinematics. Like it was using those to mask the loading, but it but it was loading back into an area that they had already loaded. So it's like, okay, what the fuck is the part? What? Why are you having so much trouble? Like, is it the water? Because the game really, especially tank when I tried like doing when I like had to walk through a fucking like undersea cave or some shit it had like water all around it and I cannot really fathom what the game was doing that it required so much system resources that my computer couldn't run it like my computer's nothing special but it's not exactly a fucking bitch either yeah it's not my computer yeah and this thing was fucking chugging along and I could not could not understand why Turned everything down like medium or some shit. It still fucking ran like dog shit. 
And yeah, so Time just to get out the potato settings. And yeah, so just like not fun to play, ran like shit. Why would I keep playing? So I just uninstalled it. That seems to be your solution for a lot of things. Well, yeah. If I don't like do, if I don't like what I'm doing, why would I keep doing it? It's like ah, this game sucks. I'm gonna uninstall it. Yeah, what should I do? Keep playing it? I don't want to. I mean, or keep playing it, or just be like, well, maybe I'll get back to it. You know, I don't delete it from my Steam I'm, library when I'm, when I'm bored. I demand a refund for this game I got for free. Um, yeah, like I, uh, like I'm not, I'm not sitting here like. Like, just removing games from my Steam library when I don't like them. I still have access to all of them. And it takes, like, an hour and a half to install the game. And that's why my internet's being particularly shitty. So it's, it's, not, it's not like it's going to be some Herculean efforts to, to reinstall the game. But anyway. Continuing on to more games I uninstalled. Uh, Lost in Random. This is a weird one. So it is a action adventure game. Well, I say action. It's, it's loose action, more adventure. Set in a world built around dice. With the main character's primary weapon being her sidekick, a sentient die. Within, yeah, so within, like, this world, it is, like, this very Tim Burton, American McGee-style world where it's, like, dark whimsy. Where, like, everyone dark looks... Dark whimsy? Where everyone, yeah, everyone looks kind of puppety. They all have, like, really weird and out-there designs, but everything's all, like, coated in, like, this layer of grime, and it's all very dimly lit, and everyone talks in, like, very gruff English accents. And within the world of random, there is this bird queen lady who kind of rules over everything. And anytime a child reaches a certain age, um, the queen comes down and rolls a die. And depending on what number she rolls, that's the district they're put in. With number one, with getting a number one being the most insanely perfect, awesome, amazing person. Going down to six, which is just, which nope. is, yeah, it's slums. It's, it's dog. It's, it's, it's hunger games. That's the easiest, that's the easiest cultural touchstone I could think of in terms of numbered districts. And yeah, so main character, uh, her sister gets chosen to be a oneer by a bizarre and potentially corrupt roll of the die. And so someone's using loaded die. Yeah, and it's not they're not even being subtle about it. Like it rolls, it stops on a six, then shakes and flips to a one. So it's kind of like in uh Nino Kuni 2 when it's like that's that's a terrible roll, and then it just magically flips itself. Like so obvious, why is no one calling it out? Yeah. Yeah, well, the reason no one calling it out is because it's the queen who did it. Yeah, I know. Yeah, so her, yeah, and yeah, so her sister gets fucking like swept off to go to go like take to go like live in the Warner district, which is what's what's what they call them. I think it I think they call like every iteration like oneers, twoers, threeers, whatever. 
down to Sixers. And yeah, so your sister, so you playing that character's sister, decides to set off to go up to the Wonder District, find her, and bring her back home. Along the way, why? Because <laughs> she's in heaven, supposedly. Yeah, because she didn't want to go, and she also keeps having dreams of her sister being horrendously prejudiced against because everyone's like, "Oh, look, a fucking six is in here with the one. Someone get the guards!" Just being shitters to her, and you know, it's the child thing of, "I'm seven. I don't want to leave my family." Mm, yeah. Yeah. So on the way, she almost gets bodied, but then meets a sentient die who she can talk to, and the die. When you roll it, it will give you random weapons that you can use to fight again. You can use to fight with. You can like you'll roll and it'll get a sword, which will be good for a couple of hits, and then it'll shatter. Then you roll again and you get a bow and arrow, or you roll again and you get a bomb. Bomb. Yeah, and so it's like this card game crossed with die rolling mechanics, and. It manages to not feel too hectic because when you're rolling and like setting up what what like dice and cards to use, uh, time stops. Oh, that's good. So it's not like a chain of memories situation where you're literally having to like manage actively like, fighting while also juggling seventeen ability cards. Yeah, that's frustrating. It's like playing a game of Magic: The Gathering while you're also in the middle of a baseball game. So luckily it does actually like stop so you can get a chance to like think and do shit. Uh, it's not the deepest uh like combat, whatever. It's just, hey, you got a thing. Hit him with it. It all just depends on how you hit him with it. Or how well you hit him with it. <coughs> and yeah, like it like the gameplay wasn't super engaging. Just like having Having the dice seems like a neat idea just because, you know, we play D&D. Mm-hmm. But it didn't super affect anything. Like, there wasn't any situations where I would, at least at least the couple hours that I played, where I would, like, be in the middle of, like, a really fucked up situation, roll the dice, and then, oh, my God, I got the critical, and now I get to blah. No, it was just I kept rolling, kept getting, like, just kept getting the power points because you roll, you roll the die, you get a power point. You get power points equal to the die you roll. And then you use those to spend on your deck of cards. Oh, good lord. And you have to build, and you can build your own deck and you get like new cards from merchants and shit. And just so much of it, it just felt so needlessly complicated, despite being insanely simple. And the story wasn't super hooking me. The world didn't really. Okay, the, the entire thing was just kind of fine, which was unfortunate. See, so yeah, I ended up kind of giving up on that. A game I got a bit deeper into before giving up on it. You're gonna hear that. You're gonna hear that a lot today. Uh, is fist? Yeah, fist forged in shadow tech. That sounds like a tabletop role playing game. I know, right? But it's not. It's a Metroidvania game where you play as a rabbit with a massive metal fist on his back. Ugh. And that's the thing. That's All right. So just so you guys know, the reason I groaned is because I don't like Metroidvanias. I do. I actively, I I actively like despise rabbits. them in, like, general. Like, I have never met a Metroidvania game that I enjoyed. 
What about Metroid <laughs> and Castlevania? Metroid and Castlevania. <laughs> okay. I was going to be like, so you, so you didn't like Symphony of the Night then? Nope. Here's the thing. I do. I really enjoy Metroidvanias. I do sometimes. Like this is this is a thing that like this is a thing that's kind of like counter to everything I said about like the way Bethesda does RPG stuff. Where this one has this one is like, hey, it's kind of open, but not really. It's open in the sense that you can technically attempt to go anywhere, but also not because it's a because it's a more linear path, just because it has like a upgrade tree that you go down that actually opens up exploration. You need to unlock the key. Yeah, exactly. And I, I like that style of game design. I like, I like having something that looks open but isn't, where it feel where it like it's this massive sprawling map that you explore as you go across. But then also, it's just a linear path for you to get the next thing with some like branching off things to get new, to get fancy stuff. Like one of the games uh, that I like actually back on like the three sixty days when achievements people cared about. One of the first games I got every achievement on was Shadow Complex. The chair, I believe, I believe it was developed by chair. That Metroidvania game. Where it was like, where like, broke them all on Metroidvania stuff because you could also like aim into the background. That game was really fun. And I loved that style of game. And so going into this, that was the only real reason I picked it up was because it was described as Metroidvania. Because the story I did not give a fuck about. Because it's fucking furries. It's just like it, it is. It is attempting to be this like dark, serious story about like revenge and betrayal on the battlefield, and like soldiers like working together to, to band up against a like oppressive regime. But everyone's an animal. Everyone's furry. Huh. Yeah, like your main character is a rabbit. His main allies are a bear, a rat in a wheelchair. Like seven red pandas, a bison, and a cat. Sounds like Sly Cooper. It does. Oh, not really. Actually, like, like in terms of like very, 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 very surface level. Which is all we're getting because we're not playing the game. Yeah, exactly. Describe to us. Exactly, but with Sly Cooper, like the characters were good, or or at least better. Well, it sounds like you don't like furries. You, it, says, it sounds like the problem isn't furries. It's just bad characters. Yeah, it's bad characters. And it also, it feels, I, I don't know. Like, there seemed to be no real purpose to having everyone be animals. Other than they came up with the term furtisans for citizens <laughs> but furry. That's adorable. And then wanted to use that as much as possible. And yeah, like the, the entire like world of this game is very heavily Eastern inspired. Like there is like mm. like there's like ramen and udon shops all over the fucking place. All signs are all in like Japanese and stuff. You go up to a like hidden mountain fortress that's just like this massive temple. But then nothing else is Eastern inspired really. Like a lot like, like the enemies like the enemies design wise they are like attack wise they are but like with a lot of your guys they all just feel like american ideas of what would be awesome it's like hey we got this rabbit he's wearing a sick bomber jacket and he has this giant metal fist on his back 
Is his name Fisto? No. His name is something with an R. That's the thing. The fist is just a part of a robot that he used to pilot. Speaking of power loaders. The rest of it. Yeah, in the in like the backstory for the game, the animals, the animal people, the furtisans, were fighting a war against robots. And the main way they did that was having pilots go out there in power loader suits with just like massive fucking fists just punch the robots to death. And he was their ace pilot. Before he was betrayed by his fellow pilot, a different rabbit named Cicero. Who you meet again, and now he's a robot. Ooh. Yeah, the story. What happened to the rest of his? What happened to the rest of his power loader? Yeah, don't worry about it. <laughs> do they not? Do they not mention it? No. Don't worry about it. No, they don't. All he has is a fist, just on a backpack. I mean, uh, I, I mean, it's like is he could be like he, he was destroyed in a in a battle, and so all he has left is the fist. I'd be like, okay. So yeah, I'd I be don't. Like, th- why didn't he just get another one? I don't think they ever went. I don't think they ever went down that road. They just kind of. It's just like he used to. He used to pilot a power loader, and now all he has is the fist. Don't question it. Yeah, kind of. Uh-huh. And like the story, I don't care at all. And well, nothing it sounds is, like they might have said, and you just didn't care enough to pay attention. Potentially, yeah. I don't know. <clears throat> like this game, it. I don't this care is about. Really bothering me now. I cannot care about the story. Like it gave, like nothing about the writing, nothing about the performances. The performances are dog shit. It's just the most like gruff, disinterested voice they can get for the main character. Everyone else feels so generic and like first time voice actor dubbing an anime. Nani? Nani? No, not 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 dubbing it in Japanese, dubbing it like redubbing it in English. So instead of nani, so instead of nani, it's what? What? Yeah, about that quality. You'll pay I'm, for this. Do you understand? I'm I'm an I'm an indie dev. I had to get all my friends to do it. Like I I have to draw I have to draw out the syllables because the the lip flap doesn't work. Yeah, and it's and we couldn't come up with a couldn't come up with a more clever way to write this. And it's kind of a shame because the Metroidvania part of the game and the gameplay is actually pretty solid. Like it's got, it's got a decent progression of abilities and stuff. It's got a, it's got like a all right combat system. I enjoy playing it. I enjoy doing combat. I just hate the story, or not even hate. I am unengaged by the story in any capacity. Indifference. Yeah, which is actually the reason why two other games that I have to talk about, which I'm not going to talk about too deep, just because. I don't want to. Uh, The Outer Worlds and Borderlands 3. Those are two games that I got to literally the final mission and then just turned them off because I was bored. Like, The Outer Worlds has such a cool world in it. It's such such a cool universe. And it's, like, got a very fun sense of humor and a very interesting, like, way of handling a lot of the subject matter it talks about. But it just... I just don't care. I just couldn't care. Like I 
Like I literally got to the final mission, realized it was the final mission after looking up walkthroughs of it. Because like, wait a minute, that this feels like the end game, but it can't be. I've only been playing for like 12 hours. But then it turns out, no, I sped through the game then. Well, that's, that's the thing. It turns out the path I chose literally skips over five missions. Eh, yeah, that'll do you. Yeah, I decided not to turn in the fucking insane scientist who unthawed me. And then that jumped me no, into the end game. That's the route I took too. Like, and I still get got like 22 hours of gameplay out of it. Not counting the DLCs, one of which I want to talk about today. Yeah, and like I, I, I don't, I don't know, man. I just so much of it just flew by, and I didn't care. See, I loved the game, loved about half of the crew and characters, and the other half I couldn't care less about. Yeah, like I think I only got like three crew members. Oh wow, that you you missed out on a lot of crew. But did I did you d- explore uh, Ada's background at all? Yeah, I did every background quest. I did every No, 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 talking to her. Oh, talking to her. I didn't really talk to anybody. Yeah. Ah. I talked to, like Parvati a bit. That's, you know, not the way to do the game. Well, if I if it doesn't like I'm not going to like talk to these characters who I kind of don't care about to just just on my own and then expect because like I didn't expect that me actively engage because I didn't expect me engaging with people who I had no reason to engage with at the time to be part of the storyline. That's the reason why I don't really play a lot of like old school RPGs, just because so much of it is, hey, talk to people that you talk to people. You care about talking to people, right? You care about these random NPCs? See, I was raised on old school RPGs, so like that's just second nature to me. Oh, I gotta talk yeah, to I somebody just, to like, figure out where yeah, this I was like, I was like a character, a character to talk to. Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh yeah. boy, oh boy, oh boy. Yeah, I I wasn't. And then, and then with Borderlands 3, man, playing Borderlands with other people makes the game infinitely better. It makes it fun. Like, yeah, really, honestly. Because, like, I'm currently, I'm playing Borderlands 2 every week with Birdie and Cave. Hi. And that game is way more fun than I remember it being. And so at the same time I was playing Borderlands 3, just because I had space for it now and I wanted to actually finish that game. I was literally driving to the final mission. I was in the final area, driving there. Got a little bit frustrated climbing a fucking tower to turn off a fucking Children of the Vault broadcast. And then unsolved the game because I got bored. I was bored. I think I have a problem. You just need to not just be like, this is bored. I'm no, I think I think what he needs is like to get a ch- to get away from a game and then come back to it cuz like that will sometimes reinvigorate a love for me like I am actively not allowing myself to play Persona even when I'm like man I want to play Persona because I got bored of Persona. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. But I yeah, know when I get back to it like, you could play. Yeah, but I don't own them. You could. And I'm not allowed to spend any money right now. I'll tell you something. You, like, you could get Persona 4 Golden for like 15 bucks on Steam. You don't I spent all of my allowance. 
I give myself an allowance every month so that I don't blow all my money on video games. Because I could probably spend several thousand on video games and still not be satiated. I will send you some links. But anyway. Uh, Last thing I want to mention. uh, Halo Infinite. A, I really want to get back and actually finish Halo with you, Cave. Yeah, it's still installed. I haven't updated it in a while, but... And B, Halo Infinite is doing things kind of weird. And I... It's it's weird because I like the model, but don't like the progression it's ha- it has. Because uh-huh. with, with Halo Infinite, the multiplayer is entirely free. You oh, can, that's nice. You can download and install the game and play the multiplayer for free, just like any free-to-play game, like an Apex, like a Fortnite. But if you want to play the campaign, you have to buy it. And that's not a bad model. Like, like making like making the game free to play in, incentivizes like you know casual players to come in and like actually just play the game and potentially buy your battle pass or whatever, <coughs> and then having it just be an actual game with like a fucking campaign that people can buy actually gives them a reason to buy it. Mm-hmm. Especially if they go in and play the free to play part of it for a while first, and they're like, you know what, I like these mechanics. Yeah, and to be fair, Halo Infinite is actually a really fun game. Like it's. It does a really good job of advancing the Halo mechanics so it doesn't feel like a game from 2005 while still feeling insanely Halo. Like you can sprint from 2005. Like you can sprint and everything. Like you sprint and everything now. Like it does that stuff. Uh, It has like a consumable, not consumable, but like pick up items that you can use like grappling hooks and like drop shields and shit. Uh, like, Like old Halo stuff. And but and all the guns still feel like Halo. The Needler still feels like the Needler. Oh, I love the Needler. I'm aware. It's my favorite gun. I know that that, that wasn't that wasn't me. I, I know the tones sounded different, but it wasn't me going. Oh, I know you love the Needler. You fucking asshole. Freaking Needler guy. No, that's about how it sounded. <laughs> oh, you're a Needler player, are you? Needler, well, Needler. Everything you so- you say sounds like you're uh, deriding me dead. <laughs> but yeah so i so i really enjoy that what i enjoy less is having the progression of the game like not not the battle pass progression but like the level up progression be challenge based i'm sorry yeah in order to level up you have to complete challenges it's not just how well you it's not just your performance in the match it is it is like, like you have like daily and weekly challenges and stuff, and then that gives you the experience, and then you like complete that, and then that gives you the experience to level up. Which does just, which is just battle pass stuff, but uh, I don't like it. I don't like it in fucking, I do not like it in Apex, because it's just, hey, like, like, it does feel like, hey, play outside your comfort zone. Play in these different modes. Try out the entirety of the game. And I was like, no, fuck you. I have the character I play. I have the mode I like to play in. Eat my dick. I do not like green eggs, Sam, I am. Yeah, but at least with Apex, as you, like, there is still a level up mechanic in there beyond just 
doing challenges. It still just like grades you on your performance in the match. And then you get like, and you get experience, which can then get, which will then get you like, you know, it gets you a loot box, which is not much. It's literally nothing, but it still feels like a reward. Whereas this is like, I played that game. It didn't feel like much reward to me. Yeah, I know. But yeah, like just ha- just having challenge based progression. I do not like it. Uh, but yes, that's what I played. Oh, well, I wanted to talk about uh about uh uh Outer Worlds, so I will. Um Murder on Ariadnos. Uh so it is a murder mystery that I and I have a few rules for a murder mystery being an acceptable murder mystery. There has to be intrigue. There has to be, it has to be solvable. And I have to not figure it out within like 20 minutes of looking at it. (laughs) I figured this out. Well, I figured out the trick within like 20 minutes of looking at it. And then I figured out the rest of it by playing through it. Like, like I figured it out fairly early on, but I enjoyed it. This is the Outer Worlds. It's some DLC. It's Murder on Ariadnos. It's got a bunch of new weapons, a bunch of new characters for you to interact with. It's basically like this little side pocket for you to go and investigate. It's even got like a new item for you to like, so you can be better at investigating to kind of handhold people who aren't good at investigating. Or at least that's what I thought. (laughs) Uh, So they have this like investigatotron that you point at things and it tells you information. I was like, I don't need this. I've solved the case. You have to point at things to progress in the quest line. You can't just go to a location and progress. You have to like, and here are some footprints that are going in this direction. Well, I already know they're going there. Well, here's the next set of footprints. Oh, here's a thing that suggests this might not be the way it is. And the twist is predictable, but kind of hilarious when you get into the meat and potatoes of it. (laughs) So like I actually kind of like the twist. I'm not I'm not going to spoil it cuz I want people to go and play Murder on Ariadnos cuz there it's it's interesting. There's a lot of interesting stuff going on. The twist is fun even if predictable. Overall and like when I say predictable, I mean there is a clue that gives you the answer that you get as soon as you get your special hotel room. Like, you get given a special hotel room, and then if you do any kind of looking, there is a clue that's like, hey, this is the twist. And I'm like, I bet this is the twist. And my my wife's like, oh, yeah, that's totally the twist. Because we're both mystery buffs. Like, my wife and I, like, binge watch mystery series. Uh-huh. And we're both like, this is the big twist that they're trying to get us to go. Oh, oh, totally. Totally. This is the big twist. And then at the end, it's like, hey, we were right. <laughs> it's just like... Um, but even if you can predict the twist, it's still fun. Now, I will admit, it has the problem all the rest of Outer Worlds has, which is the combat is a fucking chore. Yep. Like, the combat in Outer Worlds is not fun. The combat in Outer Worlds made me look up guides on how to efficiently level myself and what gear was best and most efficient for just stomping everything in as few hits as possible. 
but the final boss fight of murder on Ariadnos, that shit was fun. Uh, just for quick clarification, um, it's Eridanos. Eridanos? Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. It's E-R-I-D-A-N-O-S. Okay, Eridanos. I've been pronouncing it wrong ever since I first saw it. I was going to say, you like the game better than he does. How did you get it wrong? <laughs> because I don't care about names. Yeah, I'm surprised, he hasn't, guy, been, I'm surprised he hasn't been calling it the Outer Wilds. I, I actually have been careful to avoid making that mistake. <laughs> but no. Um, but yeah, like the, com- uh, yeah, the combat in Outer, Outer Worlds does really suck. Especially considering the weapon degradation. Yeah, it feels like Fallout New Vegas, but they gave everything more HP. Yeah, kind of. And like, it's like the everything more HP, the status effects seem to do nothing. Like I have, like I've gone into a thing where it's like, hey, this weapon does blinding. All right. So I fucking like go into like, you know, slow down time, shoot it in the eyes. Hey, it's blinded. Oh, it's running right at me. Yeah. Like the best status effects are stunned and staggered. Because they actually stop the enemy for a second. Yeah. Which is why you just target the legs and torso. But anyway, and Outer just, Worlds. And looking at. Absolute, just, sorry, just this last thing. Looking at some screenshots from Murder on Eridanos. Is this like. Inspired by stuff like Agatha Christie? Because like the hotel looks like a fucking Agatha Christie setting. I feel like it is. I feel like it is because they keep referring to you as the inspector and the detective and stuff. And yeah. it feels like it wants to be like a modern, like, like jokey, like, 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 you know, a sl- like playing it, playing it for humor. Our, our Agatha Christie story. Yeah. Cause like, cause like looking at like the official art was that was released, like the like splash page, there's nothing really in there that inspires Agatha Christie insight. Like it's just a person with a light looking at some footprints next to a dead body. But then looking at, like, the hotel, the Grand Colonial, with this, like, a massive fucking building, this, like, huge stained glass dome window off off of the roof on, like, one of the side buildings. It all feels very, like, Hercule Poirot is going to, like, fucking suave it, like, fucking suave it, and then, like, hey, tell somebody, hey, those plants on that thing are, aren't equidistant to park. Can you just fix that for me, please? Yeah, and, like... This is definitely a DLC that is hurt by the combat. Like, they feel like they have to throw random enemies and encounters in, and it's it hurts the story. Because while it does, like, drive you to want to solve the mystery and all that, it doesn't actually do anything for the mystery. It just is like, oh, there's a guy here to slow me down. Let me pull down the most powerful weapon that I have available that I've ramped to the nth degree and blow him away. Yeah. All right, back to work. For me, that was a semi-auto pistol that fired in burst fire and also did t- and also did a fifteen hundred acid damage. Yeah, I can't remember what my stats, what my weapon stats were because it's been a while. Like it's been two months, guys. Yeah. I played a few games. Uh, speaking of playing a few games, I've been on and off playing Red Dead Redemption 2. And dear God, is it depressing. Yep. That's like, Rockstar. Rockstar. What the fuck? Do you need a hug? Yeah. 
Like, it's a great game. It's a great Western game. Like, I enjoy the customizing of the guns. That's actually what did it for me. Like, customization will usually Have you played the first one? Yes, I hated it. Why did you think it would be any different? I was hoping. <laughs> and honestly, <laughs> no. I picked it I picked it up mostly for the guns. Like, I picked it up mostly because I want... Ooh, I can customize my revolver, and it's, like, 15 bucks? Like, Done. Rockstar, Rockstar Games and especially Red <laughs> Dead Redemption are just nothing but depression. Yeah. Yeah, well, I keep getting lost in hunting. Like, I keep being like, all right, time to go do some main missions. How did I kill 14 boar, three deer, seven ducks, and a snake? I mean, okay. that's one way to play. If, if if you don't play the story missions, the depression stuff won't happen. So just just pretend he spent all his time hunting. Yeah, he's that's a wild man. Never went back. That's what I do a lot. When you I when you said you got lost in hunting, I for a half second thought you meant you went somewhere and then couldn't find your way back to society. <laughs> <laughs> he, got, he got lost hunting gators. No, that's my character in Strahd. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't gotten there yet. Uh, but yeah, uh, I'm enjoying Red Dead Redemption 2, but I'm enjoying something else more. And that's Yakuza Kiwami. Fuck yeah, it is, bro. Um... Dead has been preaching the glory of the Yakuza series to me for years. My friend Birdie's been preaching it. And then I finally saw the like triple set on sale. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I've got some allowance left this month. Bought it. And I think I'm about halfway through Yakuza Kiwami. Okay. So just, just for reference, when you say um, the, when you say like the three pack or whatever, Zero, Kiwami, and Kiwami 2. Okay, because another three-pack was released not too long ago, which was three, four, and five. Yeah, I'm planning on getting that after I beat, you know, two. Yeah. Because I've been told that I should do zero last, but I feel like I should do it, like, sooner than last. Zero, it is... Zero... So, uh, here's the thing. Yakuza Kiwami and Yakuza Kiwami 2, uh, for those that don't know, are remakes of the original first two Yakuza games, but they take mechanics from zero. Okay. And Zero itself also has some things that are that are references to things that happen in Yakuza 2 and are also potentially spoilers for some stuff that happens in Yakuza 2. Okay. So hold off on Zero. Yeah. Per- yeah, personally I played uh I played it Kiwami 0 Kiwami 2. Ultimately it didn't affect my like full thing, but if you are sensitive at all to any of that stuff, it's safer to play the la- to play Zero last. Um and Kiwami feels like what I wanted Grand Theft Auto to be. <laughs> Fun. Yeah. Yeah, Yakuza uh, is for a... For those of you who don't know, I hate Grand Theft Auto. I've played four of the games and didn't enjoy any of them. Uh, which four did you play? Uh, I played Grand Theft Auto 4, then 5, then a friend made me play 3, and San Andreas. And San Andreas was the only one I had any fun with. Yeah, because it sounds like you played the th- it sounds like you played the three mainline ones, which are insanely depressing and bullshit, and then the one fun one. Yeah, and I didn't enjoy that one because I don't enjoy the driving in Grand Theft Auto games. Fair, it's bad. Like, yeah, I've had people. Oh no, it's fun to drive. A- no, it's not. It's not fun, bro. There are people who. Fuck- it's, I mean, it's it's bad, but I've sometimes gotten enjoyment from the bad driving mechanics, just driving around, running people over. Yeah, but it's like there. I can't get from point A to point B. There's a problem. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm gonna just say like there are people who enjoy driving the motorcycle in No More Heroes. 
there are people who enjoy uh, driving the uh, tank in Mass Effect. <laughs> I, was, I, I was about to say, I'm like, there are? Yeah. There are people who really like doing, uh, like, riding around the fucking motorcycle. Literally everyone I know hates, hated the, the Mako from Mass Effect. I love the Mako. It's terrible. <laughs> like, I will 100% admit, it is a horrible experience, but I got good at driving the Mako. <laughs> Yeah, so I I will just yeah so uh, with Yakuza Kiwami, um, with with the Yakuza series, the story is always very dark and heavy and stuff, but it has there's so, enough light shit that it brings up the mood. Yeah, it has so many side quests, side characters that are insanely fun and and like charismatic, the charismatic and really bring up the mood. There are a few that are very problematic because it's a Japanese game. I think there's one in Zero or in it might be in Kwame, uh, where a girl tries to sell you or a, a like fourteen year old girl tries to sell you her used panties. Uh, Japan. Yeah. Uh well I got a quest to buy some buy some panties off of a girl. Yeah. Um, oh right. And there's also a tire like side storyline involving RC involving like RC car racing where a group of yeah. kids where a group of kids will just clap and sing at you virgin virgin I love that side quest Yeah also a bit of gay panic every now and again but again yeah. this game this game shows just how old it is Yeah with some of the character interactions Yeah Yakuza Yakuza originally came out in 2005 in Japan 2006 in the west and this game translates a lot of that verbatim Mm -hmm. um i i actually i i am dread to say it but one of my favorite things about the game is mesu king not because of the game but because of the story that you're building with these children mesu king is a uh, card collecting battle game where fairies, i.e. attractive women, disguise themselves as bugs, which means they wear bug-themed bikinis, and wrestle. Yep. And at the point I am in the story, you've just, like, taught a lesson in friendship to a kid, and I'm like, oh, that's really sweet. Too bad it had to come via a perverted card game, but <laughs> at least I'm helping him. <laughs> But yeah, like I'm, I'm very much enjoying Yakuza Kiwami in ways that I never enjoyed Grand Theft Auto, and I'm looking forward to playing Zero and Two. But I am currently taking a break from them because I got tired of getting jumped in the alleyway by uh, Momiji every five seconds. Momiji, uh, the creepy snake guy who dresses as a woman at one point. Majima, yeah, Majima. Goromi. I think I, I think yeah, I fused his two names because I was thinking of Goromi. Ah, okay. God damn it, Goromi. Yeah, I will say that is only in Kiwami. It's not in Kiwami 2 or Zero. Oh god. But Zero does have Mr. Shakedown. Who the fuck is Mr. Shit? Never mind. I'll get You'll get it. there. Don't don't spoil it for me. Um yeah, I will yeah, I, I will say that like of those original seven Yakuza games, like one through six and zero. Four is probably my favorite. 
Just okay. because just because I get to play as someone other than Kiryu. And it's so, the yeah, best character, um, Akiyama. He's my favorite. Yakuza Kiwami gets a glowing recommendation from me, but I am taking a break from it because, like I said, I kind of started getting tired of it. I probably just need to progress with the main story instead of trying to do side quests. Uh huh. That that uh, game that game is a very easy game to get lost in side quests. Yeah. Uh, but moving on, I played Pokemon Brilliant Diamond. I beat Pokemon Brilliant Diamond. It was basically Pokemon Diamond. Yeah. Oh, oh my God! You mean, that, new, but... you mean a new Pokemon game was just a Pokemon game? I, I, uh, no, I it wasn't. I haven't even Pokemon done Sword game. and Shield yet. So. It wasn't even like they had didn't even bring any of the quality of life improvements from Pokemon Emerald. Oh wow! No, not Emerald. Platinum. They didn't bring any of the quality of life improvements from Pokemon Platinum because there's an item called a Poketch, which is a utility tool. It's very useful. And in Diamond and Pearl, it was really irritating because you had one button to cycle through. So you just had to keep tapping on it. And there were like 20 Poketch devices. So you could like, I cycled past the one I needed. Cycle, 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 cycle. And in Platinum, they introduced, hey, why don't we have a back button? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Those do exist. You want to know what you get in Brilliant Diamond? Nothing. Cycle, 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 cycle. So frustrating and infuriating. I I was going to say in Diamond, they just cut the whole thing entirely. But in Brilliant Diamond, uh, they did have it be to where you don't actually have to teach a Pokemon one of the, like, HM moves anymore. You can just call up a backup Pokemon from the, like, wild to do it, which is a godsend. Because you don't have to have cut, you don't have to have surf. I mean, surf's still a powerful move, so you're gonna want you don't, it. You don't have to have that one Pokemon who's just has all the HM moves and nothing else. And like <laughs> the underground was made worse and better by uh, adding wild Pokemon because they put some great Pokemon in there. I mean, it's how I got my Togepi for my Toge Kiss, which is one of my favorites. But when I'm wandering in the underground, how many more did they add back into rotations after I know? Sword and Shield just didn't have some straight. Yeah, up. well, like all of the Diamond and Pearl Pokemon are there, so at least there's that. Okay. Um, but sometimes when I'm in the underground, I just want to mine, and I have to go through a horde of wild Pokemon in order to get that. And if I didn't want to get into battles, like I'm fucked. I have to go through these battles now, so that's fun. Yay! Um, random encounters. Oh no, they're not random. The Pokemon are wandering in the underground wild and open. Oh, okay. So it's the better version. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's not random encounters anymore. It's like in, in the overworld you get random encounters. Okay, never mind. <laughs> oh, so oh, so it's it's not like in Sword and Shield where everything is you can see them on the map? Yeah, no. It's uh underground you can see them wandering, overworld you can see that you can't see them at all and have to hope that you find a gibble in uh Wayward Cave basement one. In the hidden space. Why would you make like one of the best Pokemon? Uh, it's frustrating. It's horror shit. Make all Pokemon visible. Mm, hopefully, with Legends Arceus, they'll see that that's just the better route because I actually kind of enjoyed that. Like just being able to, like, all right, I need to train off of this Pokemon, so I'm hunting. <laughs> I enjoy hunting in video games. Real life, not so much because, you know, you're hurting a real animal, but in video games. Yeah, in video games, you're just hurting code. Yeah, I mean, in real life, you you just like drag them back to your place, and you're like, you're my pet now. 
Go battle that other one. That's but how- not to the death. Only only until you've drained their HP to zero. That's how the war started with the Gators. <laughs> I had too many in my backyard at once. Ding. They smelled. Now, now see, he he orders the Gators to fight, but they just fight until one just like falls over with spirally eyes. Uh, now finish them off. I need soup. But uh, finally, the game that I was most excited for when I found out it was originally coming out, completely forgot about it, found out that it had come out, got it, and then got bored. <laughs> That's right. Psychonauts 2. Psychonauts 2, baby. Let's go. Not as good as the first one. Not as good as the first one. Uh, I'm about... Uh, I'm actually still fairly far, far into the beginning. I think I've done three brains. And I just got completely bored with it. Whereas Psychonauts 1, the only time I actually stopped playing it on my first playthrough was when I got to the Meat Circus. Because fuck the Meat Circus. <laughs> yeah, the Meat Circus sucks. That sounds like some kind of twisted sex move. It's not. <laughs> I know it sounds like it, but it's not. No, it's just Nightmare. It's just Nightmare. Yep. It is, um, a, it is, a, horrid, it is a horrid mashup of your brain with your, with, your, uh, summer sco- with your summer camp coach's brain. Uh with demon versions of his dad and your dad. Yeah, it's it's painful. The the whole thing. Yep. The mi- the middle of the, the middle of that is just an escort quest. Yep. But it's an escort the quest. Worst. Yeah. But here's the thing. It's an escort quest with 3D multi-level platforming. Yep. And highly complex 3D multi-level platforming too. Yep. And if you fuck up instantly die start over from the beginning and the whole time you have to listen to Oli screaming hey that hurts yep only part of that game that's not good yeah especially because of the glitch near the end where you can make a jump and still be trapped in an endless loop of death tight happened to me my first time I played that game never experienced that why is my eye twitching? Oh, you're tired or stressed? You were because you were thinking about the meat circus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it brought up that always happens. It brought up dark memories. <sighs> no, Papa. No, yeah. not the rabbits. But yeah, um, I enjoyed it until I got bored. Like. It's Psychonauts. It's funny. It's witty. It's charming. It's rehashing a lot of things. It's still doesn't understand how to best use like, oh, you have multiple powers. So here's how you can access them. Yep. It's okay. And it. I'm sad that I have to say it like that. Because I wanted to love it. Like, I love Psychonauts. I wanted to adore this game. It's... The characters... The returning characters are great. The new characters can suck the rawest part of my dick. I... They, like, they decided to just introduce a group of bullies. Yeah, that's the thing. like, the new characters. And I was just like, fuck you. Well, like, they introduced a group of bullies, but they also introduced... But then, like, they introduced a group of bullies, gave them all basically the same personality trait of just kind of being bullies. Mm-hmm. And then the actual effort was spent on developing out the characters of the Psychonauts founders. 
I haven't gotten to any of them yet, so okay. you might be encouraging me to go back to play the game. More. The founders are all right. My biggest problem with them, though, is the main character is Raz. This is not Raz's story anymore. That happens so often with these kinds of games. Well, yeah, it's it's because they like they build a world and then and then introduce it entirely through this one character, but then in the second game they want to expand out more because they wrote so much lore. Yeah, but th- and then they don't have a way to like naturally have the character ex- explore that stuff. So, a town guard pulls to the side and says, "Hey, do you want to know about that massive hole in the middle of our city?" Anyway. <sighs> But yeah, I like the new powers that I've gotten so far. I like how they've incorporated some of the old elements. Um, I like the fact that you can advance your powers and make them stronger. It kind of feels a little customizable. I hate your partners, and I got bored. <laughs> like that's really all I can say is I just I got bored. Uh, but that's all I've been playing. Uh, Brilliant Diamond, Shining Pearl, they're the same game, so if you enjoy them the first time, you might want to check if you still have your copies. Red <laughs> Dead Redemption 2 is depressing, so you're going to want to have some comfort food nearby. Murder on Ariadnos is bogged down by the combat. Psychonauts 2 gets boring, but if you can muscle past it, it might be worth investigating. And Yakuza Kiwami is a blast. Alrighty, speaking of blast... Let's move on to news. We talk about the only real news story that's been dominating the majority of games coverage lately. The massive Activision Blizzard lawsuit happening. Yay, lawsuit. Because this has... I thought thought you were going to say the buyout. That's part of it. Oh, okay. Because we have not recorded in so long, we have not talked about the lawsuit at all. The last time we recorded, I think the Riot lawsuit was still new. The what? Riot Games was sued for basically the exact same behavior as Activision Blizzard. And they have basically skated right past it. Like it, like, like Riot was like for a little there, for a little while there, Riot, everyone was like, oh, fuck Riot, that's a horrible thing you can do. And now like a couple weeks, now like a couple months later, everyone's like, Oh yeah, they did get sued, didn't they? After those Blizzard. Anyway, want to play League or want to play Valorant or want to play Team Fight Tactics? Hey, Arcane was great, right? Oh them. Oh those guys. I completely ignored all of that because I have no interest in any of their games. Uh huh. Anyway, so Activision Blizzard. They are currently being sued by the California Department of. Fuck, I'm trying to remember the actual name of this organization that's suing them. Oh, it's the it's the California Department of Fair ha- Fair Employment and Housing, the DFEH. <laughs> yeah, the DFEH is suing Activision Blizzard for creating an insanely hostile work environment and for gender-based discrimination for years of having this insanely toxic work culture where it was male-dominated. They would regularly like. I'm pretty sure this was them and not Riot, but they would like regularly get drunk in the office and then like go around and like and like just objectify and hit on all the female workers. Like a male male employees would like walk into female workers' cubicles, just rip ass, and then leave. Yeah, I shouldn't laugh at that. And it was so well, yeah, and it was insanely toxic. So California's like labor 
department, I guess, where it's like, yeah, fuck you. We're su- you stopped. We're suing you. And so, yeah, that lawsuit's been going on for a while. While that was going on. You can't, you can't run your company like a giant frat house. Yeah. While that was going on, Activision Blizzard laid off a swath of QA testers, which led to the QA department striking and walking out. Good. And since then, the QA testers of Raven Software, uh, a subsidiary of Activision Blizzard that does a lot of their, uh, like, online stuff. I think these guys are like the developers of Call of Duty Warzone. Their QA department actually just straight up unionized. Good. Union, like, unions have been painted as a bad thing because of the mob connections way back in the day, but unions are such a good thing. Yeah. And anyone who thinks unions are a bad thing, please do a little bit of research on what unions are supposed to do. Not just on the fact, hey, they're associated with the mafia. Yeah. All right. I think most modern unions have nothing to do with the mafia anymore. Yeah. And I think no one except business owners will disagree with what you're saying today. Because that's, like, mm, I actually know a few young people who like were raised by certain parties to believe certain things that would agree, would say, no, they're mafia. Yeah. Like so. the vast majority of people I hear talk about unions now are like, yes, fucking unionize everyone unionize fuck businesses. They are fucking you over and a union is there to protect you. Meanwhile, every business is like, Hey, stop unionizing. Let this, let this non-threatening kind of attractive person come in and talk to you about not unionizing. And if that doesn't work, let this openly threatening person come in and talk to you about not unionizing. But yes. So, Hey, instead of union dues, why you just buy yourself a switch? Exactly. I have that actually was heard that, that. Was, that was literally a poster in like one company. Yeah. Yeah. So quality assurance workers at Raven Software uh, are unionizing with the Communication Workers of America, uh, creating the Game Workers Alliance. The first group, nice. uh, the first group of workers to form a unit under Activision Blizzard. Um, and they are currently asking the company to voluntarily recognize the union which has the support of a supermajority, approximately 78% of eligible workers of Raven Software QA workers signed on to say, yes, make this happen. Nice. I approve. Yeah. Uh, QA tester. Um, it would go a long way for them in the lawsuit if they did approve. Yeah. In a you news, know, like public opinion would approve, improve for them. Yeah. Any news release. Um, QA tester for Raven Software, Becca Eigner. I'm probably butchering her name and I apologize. Uh, said, today I am proud to join with a supermajority of my fellow workers to build our union, Game Workers Alliance. In the video game industry, specifically Raven QA, people are passionate about their jobs and the content they are creating. We want to make sure that the, that the passion from these workers is accurately reflected in our workplace and the content we make. Our union is how our collective voices can be heard by leadership. And according to CWA, uh, the actual like overall guilds, like overall union supporting this, um, Activision Blizzard has not cooperated with this at all and has, quote, used surveillance and intimidation tactics, including hiring notorious union busters to silence workers. <sighs> you know, fuck doing what doing that shit. Uh, God damn it. Yes. Yeah, so, all I can say is God damn it. Yeah. So Activision Blizzard has since issued a statement about this saying Activision Blizzard is carefully reviewing the request of for voluntary recognition from the CWA. 
which seeks to organize around three dozen of the, of the company's nearly 10,000 employees. While we believe that a... That just sounds like a gross understatement. Well, no, actually, it's 34 people in the QA department out of the 10,000 who work at Activision Blizzard. Yes, but how many other people are, like, already signing on or just waiting for them to be, like, actually acknowledged? Yeah, it it is real shitty of them saying, like, yeah, I mean, like, these 30 people or whatever, we have 10,000, but these 31 unionized, so I guess that's okay. Anyway. While we believe that a direct relationship between the company and its team members delivers the strongest workforce opportunities, bullshit, we deeply respect the rights of all employees under the law to make their own decisions about whether or not to join a union. Across Activision Blizzard, we remain focused on listening closely to our employees and providing the improved pay, benefits, and professional opportunities uh, needed to attract and retain the world's best talent. Over the past couple of years, this has included raising the minimum compensation for Raven QA employees by 41%, extending paid time off, expanding access to medical benefits for employees and significant Bullshit others. that makes them sound better when they really have been doing yeah. as much conning as they could. And transition, just yeah. sum it up. And transitioning more than 60% of temporary Raven QA staff into full-time employees. Uh, this comes after uh, like kind of the reason that the guys went on strike in the first place. Um, Activision Blizzard denied new contracts for 12 members of the QA team so they just were let go and they went on strike and all of this this lawsuit and all that shit is happening while Microsoft is in the process of buying out Activision Blizzard for a, for a reported 68.7 million dollars so 68.7 billion dollars damn yes and a lot of people are happy about this. I'm not. Everyone that's happy about it seems to be people that just are just there to spite Activision and Blizzard. Yeah, like on the one like, hand, like like the, there was an article about a bunch of Activision Blizzard workers being like, "We think we're going to get fired and lost in the shuffle," and like almost all the comments were, "Good, you fucking deserve it." <laughs> wow, that's what wow. you get. You 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 toxic whatever. Mostly at the Blizzard people from for most of the stuff you were just talking about. Yeah. Um, but the CEO isn't going anywhere, so. Like, here's the big thing. Like, to anyone who's listening that cares, here's the big thing about that. Those toxic assholes who were worried there, like, who, like, who were, like, the cause of the lawsuit, they're probably not going to get fired because they're frat bros with somebody over at Microsoft. The ones that are going to get fired are probably going to be the poor souls who caused, like, who were being targeted and bullied by the assholes in the first place. Like, don't just throw hate because you feel like it. Do a little bit of research and hate the right people. Yeah. Of course, you're just throwing hate for no reason, so So, listen to me. So, yeah, uh, this deal, which is expected to eventually be finalized by 2023... Uh, is the largest deal that Microsoft has been involved in. Uh, currently, uh, I believe it. I believe it's dwarfing their previous forty billion dollar semiconductor deal, which the FTC blocked as part of like antitrust stuff. It's also several times larger than like the buying out that Am- like Amazon when Amazon bought out like when Amazon or Facebook bought out companies like fucking dwarfs all the shit they put up with. This is 
insanely big. And with a lot of people speculating that this is going to be positioning Microsoft to be one of the front runners in the concept of the metaverse, which is a the theoretical what? idea for what will be the next internet. Oh, I guess Lord. We're all going to be like interface to it. Yeah, it's something. I am interface. With Facebook running everything. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah, so that's all fucking happening. And I I do not like. I don't like conglomerates. And this just feels like it is just Microsoft just solidifying and consolidating power to make themselves even bigger. Next like, time on movies and TV, we'll be talking about Disney. Yeah, exactly. It's oh. it's just like Microsoft has spent so much money in the last couple of years just buying up so many properties and so many different yeah, companies. And, un- un- and unlike Disney, they weren't screwed over by COVID. Yeah. If anything, if anything, they only was only improved by COVID because everyone stayed home playing games. Yeah. And with that happening. Like with this whole with this whole deal happening, a lot of people have actually been uh, asking uh, Phil Spencer, the CEO of Microsoft Gaming, what this deal means for Activision Blizzard titles, and also Activision Blizzard titles specifically on other platforms. Oh yeah, that's that's gonna because be Activision Blizzard has an insane amount of IP that is like very popular among uh, like the gaming community, and a lot of that's on like other consoles, like the like. Call of Duty is currently like one of the biggest things on PlayStation. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, it's just it is an insane amount of stuff. And Phil Spencer, to his credit, has always been very open about wanting cross-platform play and wanting Sony and Nintendo to keep competitive with them. Uh, like kind of after all this kind of came out, um, Phil Spencer tweeted out, had good calls this week with leaders at Sony. I confirmed our intent to honor all existing agreements upon acquisition of the Activision Blizzard and our desire to keep Call of Duty on PlayStation. Sony is an important part of our industry and we value our relationship. Like it's it's so weird that like Microsoft is this massive conglomerate that is like, well, it's, I guess it's not weird. It is smart of Microsoft to be this massive conglomerate that's just like, absorbing more and more and more of the gaming space and having their face be Phil Spencer who at least from what I've seen is pretty well liked among like gaming CEOs like he's not like a he's not like at a Nintendo level or anything but he's the closest an American developer is going to get because every like talk I've seen Phil Spencer give he is very much like, like when he's up on stage, he is very much like, yes, I am presenting this thing. I am doing my job as a CEO. But then you get him on like a podcast or something and he talks just like a person. Doing a very solid job of having this very human face appearing to lead this massive organization. Yeah. I don't know. It's. I'm concerned. And probably not concerned for the right reasons, because I'm a fucking idiot and I don't know dick about business. Well, at least Microsoft can't buy out Sony or Nintendo. Yet. 
No, they can't. Yeah, I know. It's Japan. Japan will not. Japan won't allow. They will not allow it at all. Company to buy out one of their major. It doesn't. It doesn't matter how much money they offer. The Japanese government will be like, no. Yeah, someone will step in and go. Yeah, don't do not. What What are you doing? Stop it. Yeah, they're like they're like we we won't we won't uh, we won't consider this a a legitimate business agreement because we won't let we don't want uh, an American CEO to have major pull in our corporations. Antitrust exists for a reason, motherfuckers. Yeah, but anyway, that's gonna do it for this week. Thank you all for joining us. Ah. We will be doing stuff until the next episode. Be that commentary tracks, be that D&D games, be that other podcasts, hopefully. We have stuff. We are doing things. But until all stuff, I'm dead. Alex. And I'm Caveman. And we will see you guys next time. Goodbye. Have a wonderful time.